This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're welcoming you welcoming you back to another week of Jurassic Park Minute. Uh, got got, got a, a, a interesting kind of dichotomy of episodes coming out this week. We got a pretty action-heavy first half of the week, and then the latter half is going to be more of the kind of like fleshing out Dr. Grant's character and kind of exploring more of those family themes that we've been talking about. And I know when Scott Corelli from Back to the Future Minute and the Dueling Genre podcast was on, he, he talked a lot about how... This movie was kind of about Grant uh, having to become a, fa- a surrogate father figure for Lex and Tim, and we kind of get a lot of that coming up. Uh, and you know, not to spoil too much, but Thursday and Friday of this week we'll be talking a lot about that. But today yep. we have uh, kind of a, a setup for a pretty great action sequence here uh, in, over that we're going to be talking about over Tuesday and Wednesday. But um, yeah, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get into the minute. How about that? Let's do it. In the previous minute, Dr. Ellie Sattler and game warden Robert Muldoon found an injured Dr. Ian Malcolm and the remains of the T-Rex attack. As the minute ended, Ellie noticed that one of the tour vehicles was missing and that there was something in the lower levels of the paddock. At minute number 80, Ellie looks over the edge of the paddock and sees something. She turns to Muldoon and yells that it's the other car. At 80.05, we cut to a shot below of Muldoon and Ellie looking for survivors. Muldoon yells for Dr. Grant. Ellie shines her flashlight on the overturned tour vehicle. She runs to the open door and screams, Alan! Muldoon tells Ellie that they are not there. Ellie sulks and notices that her flashlight beam has illuminated a set of footprints. She follows them with the light. At 80.20, we cut back to a shot of Dr. Ian Malcolm asleep on the back of Muldoon's gas-powered jeep. A distant thud awakens Malcolm. He slowly opens his eyes and looks toward the ground. The camera pans down to show an imprint in the mud left by the T-Rex. Malcolm's face is reflected in the rainwater that has filled the imprint. As Malcolm watches the ground, another thud can be heard, and the water ripples. Something big is close. At 80.42, Malcolm asks, Anybody hear that? More thudding is heard. Malcolm says, It's an impact tremor is what it is. Malcolm goes on to state that he is fairly alarmed here. At 80.53, Malcolm starts flailing his arms as if to signal someone. He says, Come on, we've got to get out of here. Flashlight beams pass over him rapidly. Muldoon and Ellie run towards the jeep with urgency. And thus ends minute number 80 of Jurassic Park. So this minute is a bit more of a tone and setup uh, than anything else. You know, we've got Ellie there kind of like following over from what happened last week where she kind of notices that there's something going on. One of the tour, tour cars is missing. She finds it. They get down to the bottom and kind of search around it for any sort of sign of life uh, for, for Grant and the kids. Um, but how do you think that they got down there to the lower levels of the paddock? I mean, you could easily say that they also repelled down the road, but... You know, okay, so first of all, there's the the whole angle about like, well, it's a movie, so we're not supposed to think that hard, far into it. But, you know, if you do want to break it down, you could say that uh, there is another way to get down there. And that's about about all I can think into it. So. Yeah, I'm thinking probably either, you're right, either they climbed down the... Um... Uh, the cables that were there holding holding the Tyrannosaurus Rex electrical cables that were there before or they probably found a way where the tech T-Rex did cross over by foot into the paddock and maybe were able to make their way down uh, and you know safely. 
Muldoon and Ellie definitely uh, strike me as athletic people. Sure, yeah. So I could say that they very easily climbed down those ropes and uh, those cables and made it down and you know safely. So, but even even more impressive, I think, than the climbing down is to use the upper body strength to get back up to Malcolm before the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes along. Because uh, you know, true. as we'll see tomorrow, they make it just within a you know hair's breadth of uh, <laughs> yeah of getting eaten there and coming close to to getting Ian there in the car. So you know, in the original script or the one of the original versions of the script, this was not Malcolm uh, who was being saved here. This was Gennaro uh, that actually survived the whole attack. And uh, I don't think Malcolm is actually included in some of the original first drafts of the script, but that was quickly changed. And now, am I to understand that it's at some point early on also Malcolm was supposed to have died by this point? Yeah, and actually Martin Ferrero, who plays Gennaro here, has a funny story about how he convinced Spielberg to not only let Malcolm live, but to kind of scale back uh, what happens to Gennaro a little bit. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But I do believe it was Goldblum who came in and said, you know, why don't I just try and like sort of sacrifice myself here for the sake of the kids and then survive? And I think it was the right decision, if that's how things actually played out, because Jeff Goldblum's perf- – his Ian Malcolm here, you can't just kill off. Right. Uh, in, in Jaws, there was originally – the character of Hooper was supposed to die, but the character had been, we had taken to him entirely too much for them to just kill him off. And I hate in movies when that happens. When you invest in a character and the actor's portrayal of that character, and then they're just kind of thrown away. And so with Spielberg movies, you find that he breaks that a little bit. And if we do get a character that we invest in and we really like, if they're going to die, it's going to be for a damn good reason. And it's going to be very well uh, told. And in this case, it's it's uh, just another example of that. We have invested too much in Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm for him to just die. So they made the right decision keeping him around. Yeah, he's a character that injects a lot of life into the you know into the story. I mean, without him, it would be just kind of like a, a more standard, I think, um, yeah. action movie. But he's really there to, as we saw earlier, kind of bring some of the philosophies in on you know why what they're doing is is wrong or why you he know, feels it's wrong. You could have given all of that to Grant, and he could have been the one to present all that. But that's less of a revelation for Grant to discover is the fact that this is all wrong and blah, blah, blah. So it, it, you had to have someone else there to do it. So I'm glad that they did uh, put Malcolm back into it because, as you said, he wasn't there in a former draft. So right. he is the movie, I think. He, the, all of his points are what make this movie you know, worth watching, I think. And it's, it's easy to see, given the way that Jeff Goldblum plays Ian Malcolm, of why they wanted to go to him for The Lost World. You know, the, the eye goes oh, yeah. to Goldblum, I think, as Conan O'Brien used to say. He's a definitely <laughs> the most entertaining guy in any scene that he's in. But he's, he's also able to oscillate between, like, humorous delivery of lines in this and then also some gravitas whenever he has to tell mm-hmm. people, like, okay, this is, you know, why you know, what you're doing is wrong here. You know, the whole Condor speech that he has with, uh, with Hammond at that one point yeah. in the movie. But, um, he's a, he, Goldblum's, uh, Conan O'Brien is right. He's a very magnetic actor. And, uh, I think especially after this movie came out, cause he, you know, he had been in some stuff before that was of note, but, uh, and even like he was the leading man. Do what? I said, yeah, the, 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 the his famous reform, uh, performance in the tall guy. We're all familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, he. Um, anytime after that, if you see him in a movie, it's hey, look, it's it's Jeff Goldblum, and it's never hey, there's that guy from that thing. It's right. always, I think everybody knows him, knows him by name. So he really made something for himself with his performance in this movie, and he's always going to be where your eye goes when he's on screen in any other movie. 
So definitely. So you you were asking the question earlier. How did Malcolm? Excuse me. How did Ellie and Muldoon uh, get down to the other car and then back up? And you said it might have been somewhere where the T Rex would have crossed over. Ha ha. We all know that. You know how that goes. Um, there is a, and I think I've mentioned it before. No matter where you stand on whether or not the cliff face is a different spot from where the T-Rex came out of the paddock, uh, there is a really interesting overhead schematic of this whole area that someone has made. And um, true or not, whatever, it's actually really interesting to to look at and think about. So if anyone's interested, you could just type in overview of T-Rex paddock and go and look, and it's, it's very interesting. But we get to see the other side of that road. And... As a couple of points in this movie, there are things that geographically just don't add up or make sense. The track is not under the, the car. It's it's nowhere to be seen. Uh, earlier, when the Jeep stop, the brush, the jungle is right outside of Grant's window, and then it is not. It's a much wider space. So things aren't really adding up there, but it is still cool to see the other side of that road. And it takes, it takes the idea away that this was a soundstage. And their camera gear, their dinosaur uh, you know animatronic gear and everything is on one side and you never see that side of the road and so this kind of uh makes it feel a little bit more real a little bit more organic is seeing that so and i didn't also, mention it. i'm sorry ahead, go, go ahead, ahead. No, 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 uh, no. no well what, what i'm gonna say i'll get into a, in a upcoming minute okay I didn't mention it, but on Thursday, it seems like there was kind of a, a little flub when uh, Ellie jumps out of her car. She starts uh, shining her flashlight around and yelling for Grant, and at some point, her flashlight shines on a grouping of trees, which when the light hits it, you can tell that it is uh, just a flat backdrop uh, with uh, trees painted onto it. But it's one of those things, like we've talked about several times in this movie, that uh, you don't really catch because you're so engrossed in what's going on. Because the, the, the total sum of the parts here are, be, are bigger than the little flubs that happen. There's also another little flub that... Uh, I, I, I guess it's not so much a flub, but there's a little bit of missing information that we would have needed to kind of make it make sense. When uh, they... At the end of this minute, when we cut back to Ian Malcolm, he's sitting in the back of the Jeep. For them to have been facing where they go when the car takes yes. off, when the Jeep takes off, they would have had to have put it in reverse, turned it around... And had it pointing the opposite direction of which it is, because when it comes into the scene, it's coming in uh, where the the tour vehicles are pointing to the, I guess would say the left side of the screen. But when it exits, right. it's pointing to the right side of the screen. It and, even points, it flips around in the scene when they're running back with the flashlights. So, yeah, you know that kind of makes sense because, and correct me if I'm if I'm following here, if we're saying the same thing or not. Um, it makes sense that they would have turned the jeep around because they're going to be driving back towards the visitor center. Uh, right. Sort of the way the way that they came in, but um, man, what a uh, what a scene! It's just it's just more of Spielberg having the dun 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 come into play. You know, you're cued when the shark is about to be there. You're right. cued yeah. when the T Rex is coming up, and this is a just prime example of how to do that. And uh, and we already know what that means, what that symbolizes. So we know that we're we're in for another exhilarating dinosaur scene uh t-rex scene is through the thud and the ripples in the footprint yeah it's it's a great way to bring that you know that motif back and you know spielberg's really good you know this movie's really good at at setting something up and then having it pay off again later like we'll have in a minute uh at the end of this week grant pulls his raptor claw 
out of yeah. his back pocket. Uh, and th- there's a moment where they kind of talk about it. That's the same raptor claw, of course, he pulls out at the beginning of the movie to scare a child with. He pulls it out <laughs> at the end of the at the uh, end of this week to kind of like comfort both Lex and Tim. Uh, we do see that you know a couple times. So. Yeah, Jurassic Park's really good at introducing something and then bringing it back to mean something again later. So and never, never being too in your face, which I, exactly. I think was like uh, all due respect. I think mm, I'm, I'm having trouble finding another example of someone who would do something like that and just totally be trying to recognize themselves. Like, hey guys, remember this? Well, this is a cool thing that I'm doing to make this point. Whereas in this movie, it's like very subtle. It's there, it's not there, and you can. You're, you're going to be able to take something away from it. So. I have an example. The movie Face Off, where the name of the movie Face Off is said probably about 100 <laughs> times uh, with uh, people kind of dragging their fingers across somebody else's face saying, I'm going to take your face it, off. Uh, like it just happens over and over and over again in that movie. It's crazy. Never, I, I never had the blessing of, of seeing Face Off. Don't bother. Don't bother. It's uh, <laughs> not one of Nicolas Cage's better movies. So. All right. Probably well, is one uh, of uh, uh, maybe uh, John Travolta's better movies, though, surprisingly. There you go. Yeah. That's all I've got for this minute. How about you? Uh, that's all I have as well. Again, uh, this is mostly tonal. The scene is just kind of setting up uh, what's going on, the stakes for the car chase we're going to get in the next two minutes, uh, which is thoroughly exhilarating. Uh, maybe not a whole lot to talk about in those minutes as well, just because it's, uh, you know, like we said, action scenes are the one of the most fun parts to watch on screen, but when you want to break down a movie, probably one of the most uninteresting things to talk about. So, um, yeah, but I, I really do like the pacing of the scene. I like how they get down there, they start looking around the car. Ellie is a little bit relieved to see the footprints to know that you know people that they have survived something has survived down there uh and then when we cut back up to dr ian malcolm i think it's it's a great kind of very slow uh lead up to this chase scene where he's just kind of by himself talking to himself there he is again by himself talking to himself as uh, he finds himself several times in this movie so but yeah that's about all that i have uh all right everybody well we hope you have a wonderful day stick with us this week we got some great stuff coming up i'm kyle i'm ready and until next time Hold on, you butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.